You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I am so glad you're here for this episode. Today's conversation is a really, really juicy one. It's going to maybe ruffle some feathers, but it's also, I think, very needed. So today we have on Luann Jardine, and we're going to be talking about how to build a business that supports you and your health and puts you as the business owner first. So this is a really honest and raw conversation about how our personal lives impact our businesses, how to deal with hard seasons, and how to rediscover the joy in your business. If you feel like maybe you've been missing that spark lately, then I think you're going to love this. So Luann is super open about her own journey and some of the hardships she's been through over this past year, and I think a lot of you will relate to it. A bit of background before we dive in, Luann is a Facebook and Instagram ads expert, and she helps changemaker entrepreneurs reach their dream audience on autopilot. But I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation and to learn from her because Luann does ads differently than you know any other Facebook ads expert that I know. Not only does she get great results for her clients, but she does all of it in a really authentic, down-to-earth way that empowers the people who sees this ad. She's not like spamming people with salesy messages. She's building real, genuine connections. And Luann has also been generous enough to share a special discount code for you as a podcast listener for her new mini course that's going to help you kickstart your first ad campaign. So make sure you listen to the end for that because it is, it's really incredible and I think you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, Luann. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited for this conversation today. We have so much juicy stuff to dig into. We're going to talk about mental health and how stress in your personal life affects your business. And you also happen to be my go-to Facebook ads expert. So I'm definitely going to pick your brain on that as well. But before we get into all the juicy stuff, I was wondering if you could give everyone a quick intro into you and how you got here. How did you end up in ads and starting your own business? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this podcast. It's so needed. Like everything that you're going to cover, it's going to be like amazing. Um, but anyway, hello everyone. I am Luann Jardine. I'm a Facebook and Instagram advertising expert. Um, and I like to work with changemaker entrepreneurs. So essentially changemaker entrepreneurs is anyone that wants to make people's lives better in some sort of way while also making an income, but money isn't necessarily the forefront of their motivation when they make action in their business. Um, And how did I get here? So I've been in business for almost three years now, which is crazy to say, literally the longest job I've ever had. Um, That's honestly like doesn't say much. I had seven jobs in three years um, during university and shortly after university. So I did business management in university, did the co-op program, which essentially is work placements, Loved marketing, loved being creative, dove into marketing in different workplaces, didn't like the workplaces, kept jumping around, different jobs, and then eventually I landed at a marketing agency where I learned how to advertise, loved what I was doing, the results were so quick and so awesome, 
but COVID happened. Everyone was working from home and like, oh my gosh, so many things happened that just made me want to leave my job and start my own thing. And I'd been freelancing since I was about 20 years old. So yeah, God, it's seven years ish now. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I decided this is the push I need to start my own business. When my job was affecting my mental health outside of work, I knew I needed to make a change. And I only had like one client at the time, made the swap over to self-employment. And at the time I was offering everything and anything in marketing, which I'm sure a lot of people have done in the past, just freelancing, creative marketer sort of thing, which is a huge recipe for burnout for a lot of people, not everyone, but it was for me. So I decided to hone in to what I really enjoy. And Facebook ads incorporate so many different things. When you think about it, also when I say Facebook ads, I'm also talking about Instagram ads. Um, but it incorporates like visual components, graphic design, copywriting, analytics, um, strategy. Like there's so much that goes into it. And I really love it. And I love that results are so easy to get. So when I was like a social media manager, the results were so much slower to roll in. Yeah. But with advertising, you can see them almost immediately. So that was a big pull for me. And that's kind of how I niched down with air quotes around niche because I'm kind of expanding a little bit. But yeah, yeah, you are. And we're going to talk about that. There's so many things I want to dig into here. The first is, you know, you left your job. And I think this is a common story for a lot of us entrepreneurs, especially in the, the first couple of years of business. You left your uh, like traditional nine to five job because it was affecting your mental health and you're feeling burnt out and stressed. And then you started your own business. And, you know, eventually a lot of us find ourselves back in that same position, also feeling stressed and burnt out. And we thought we were going to have this freedom from working for ourselves, but it kind of feels like, you know, our old job in the same scenario. So what was your experience with that? Have you found, you know, the difference between the nine to five? Like what is the stress and impact on your mental health? Like from leaving that, what were the first couple of years like in business? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I feel like no one talks about this stuff. Um, because yeah, when I started my business, I was like, okay, I have to work 40 hour weeks. And of course, when you're like in entrepreneurship, people are like, you have to be okay with working like 80 plus hour weeks and like yeah. waking up at 5am and making your bed every morning, exercising every day, like you have to be perfect and like, be perfect while also not sleeping ever. Um, so that was like my mindset going into it. Um, so basically, when I started my business, I was working so much and my mind was always on my work and no one was making me work as hard as I was, but it was just in my head that that's the way it should be. And then eventually, I think I slowly started to like detangle like the corporate world or just like general like nine to five, even in school, like there's set times to everything started to detangle that. And I was like, I could actually work like however many hours in a week that I want. Like I'm my own boss. Why am I pushing myself so hard? So yeah, it was like a huge unlearning. And I feel like just like even really recently, I have kind of, I don't know, gone about my day with like absolutely no schedule. And I mean, there's some balance to that as well, but it's been really nice just to like feel the complete opposite of what I had been doing. So yeah, it's all about a balance. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so common. So many of us start our own businesses and we're like, I'm the boss. I'm going to be in charge. And then we fall into that exact same pattern of the nine to five life. That's so ingrained into all of us. And even someone is working more than we were before, because there's that pressure of like, it's all on you, right? Like your income is on you. No one else is going to do this. And you're doing like 50 different jobs instead of just one. You're wearing all the hats, especially if you're a solopreneur and working alone. That's something I'm also in my third year business and I'm just unlearning that same thing now. This is the first year where I'm kind of like, I don't actually need to, like you said, wake up super early and make my bed and have this perfect routine and do the same thing every day. It's about, you know, finding the needle moving tasks and working an amount that makes sense for your business. But that brings me to my next question, which is, you know, the idea of mental health first marketing is a term that you've coined. I haven't seen anyone else use it and I love it. So do first of all, tell us what that term means to you and then how that came to be a part of your business and your messaging. Oh, yes. Um, Oh, I'm so like a flatter that I'm the only person you've seen with that. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but I'm sure they're out there. And if you are out there, send me a DM. Um, (laughs) Hit Luann up, let her know. You guys can, you guys will be friends for sure. Yeah. I want to make a little community of mental health first uh, people. So yeah, mental health first marketing, there's kind of like two sides to it. Um, On one side, it's, this is initially what I started out my business with the mindset of is in advertising, especially as women, like there's so many ads that we get that just deteriorate our mental health. Like I was looking for bathing suits before my honeymoon. And then I was getting so many ads for bathing suits that will like cinch your waist and like tighten you up. And I was like, oh my God, can't I just wear a bathing suit without it like suffocating me? That would be great. Um, So it was just really frustrating. And I was thinking, all of these ads out in the world are just out there to make people feel bad so that they buy something to make themselves feel better. So mental health first marketing, it puts the mental health of your audience first so that when you put something out into the world, it's not telling them they already have a problem. It's just offering them a solution to feel better than they already do. So it's not telling someone it's like, hey, you need to cinch your waist and like people are looking at you like blah, 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 because you're not doing this. It's like instead positioning something like, hey, if you want to feel even more comfortable and excited, even if you're having like an off day, you're going to feel incredible in this bathing suit sort of thing. And like bathing suit is a completely random example there, but it's lifting people higher than they already are and not making people feel bad for being where they're at. Um, And then the other side of mental health first marketing is the people behind the scenes that are putting together the advertisements, the social media posts, all of that. It's making their work sustainable so that when they put it out into the world, they're not crippling themselves. They're not burning themselves out because like things like the word consistency and things like even just social media in general, the apps that we're on all day, every day, they have a huge impact on us, whether we know it or not. And being conscious of your own mental health when you're approaching them is like huge and not putting pressure on yourself to be active on them all the time. Mental health first marketing essentially means like do good for yourself and put your own mental health, own mental health first. And also when you do put things out into the world, put the mental health first of your audience. 
that's like my very long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's it's so good and so needed in this space. And something I love about you, Luann, is that you're not just like preaching this on Instagram and saying like, you know, you're not telling people to use mental health first marketing because it's going to get them to, you know, work with you and buy your ads programs. You are actually promoting a better lifestyle for people, whatever that looks like to them, encouraging them to find a strategy that works for them and their health. And you're also practicing what you preach. You are living this. And I know it's something you've gone through in your own business and your personal life, like finding those strategies. So would you mind sharing a little bit about what your journey has been and how it's impacted your business and how your strategies have just changed over time? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, like I said, at the beginning of being like full-time self-employed, um, my mental health wasn't really at the forefront of my mind, even though it's why I left my nine to five job. Um, I was feeling so much better after I left my nine to five, just because like, I wasn't working with the same people. It was a fresh start. I was excited. And that's why I was overworking myself so much. And then eventually, of course, that leads to burnout. Um, so it's been interesting. There's been a lot of ebbs and flows I've noticed in myself throughout the years. And in the first year of business, I remember there was a few months, uh, I think like almost the whole second half of the year where I didn't feel lit up by my work. And I was just like dreading working. And I didn't want to work at my desk. I felt like, I don't know. And I've gone through that with corporate jobs, but it felt different when it was my own business because I create all my own work. Yeah. And then I just kind of, yeah, I kind of tried to find the joy in the day because a lot of that, I mean, probably wasn't the best way but I was like working from the couch and watching tv at the same time and that like that's what work looked like for me for a little while so I found a way to like make it work for me until I rode out the wave and felt motivated again so it's been interesting going with the ebbs and flows and then um I'm sure we'll touch on this soon but like mental health in work that's just like one facet and then there's your personal life facet and there's so many things that happened to me over the past few years that made it either hard to work or made me want to dive into work. So um, last year, my mom, she had cancer. She beat cancer. So like, don't worry, there's a happy ending to this story. Um, but when she got diagnosed, I was like diving full on into work. And I was like launching my first course. I was working for my parents' house because I was there to help out. But I was just like doing everything I could to like kind of block out what was happening in my personal life so that I could be productive in work and like still make money. And in hindsight, I was using work as self-care and like that is just not a good idea. And I'm sure a lot of us do this but work is not self-care no matter how much you enjoy work. So I, yeah, I dove like headfirst into work, ended up launching that course and then creating like a whole, like this is the birth of like dream audience on autopilot, um, launched a course in the same year I created dream audience on autopilot, which is like a huge program. So went like full fledged into work that year. And then at the end of the year, I was like, oh my gosh, like I accomplished so much this year. It was a great year business-wise, but like, why was I pushing myself that hard? 
Hey friend, I'm quickly interrupting today's episode to remind you to enter our launch giveaway. So from now until October 10th, one reviewer on Apple Podcasts is going to be chosen at random to win a free 60-minute copy audit with yours truly. So if you're working on your messaging or maybe refreshing your website copy and you want that second pair of eyes from a professional copywriter, this is a great chance to get it for free. So all you need to do to enter is step one, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and then step two, share a screenshot of your review to Instagram stories. Lastly, make sure you tag me at Copy by Meg so that I don't miss your entry and I have somewhere to find you if your name is drawn. So the giveaway is open until Tuesday, October 10th. Make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts before then if you want a chance to win that free copy audit. All right, now back to our conversation. And I keep saying I want to find joy. And when I say I want to find joy, it's not in work because I love my work, but I need to find joy outside of work. And I think it's like kind of an ever evolving process. Yeah, it a hundred percent is. That was so well said, Luann. And you are so incredible just like listening to you and sharing your honesty with us. So thank you. Cause I know so many people listening to this are going to relate to that, whether they're struggling like in their business or going through a hard season personally, that is so, so real. I've been there so many times. I've been that person also throwing myself into work or you go hard in the opposite direction and avoid work entirely and, you know, sit on the couch in front of the TV, right? So what would you say to someone who is in that season right now? Let's talk about first the, like you said, it can be the work side of thing or the personal side of things. So I want to talk first about someone who's in that season of business and they're just not feeling lit up anymore and they're kind of struggling to get the work done. What would you say to that person? basically do bare minimum until it feels better again. Like it's okay if you're just working to make ends meet right now. Um, And it's okay if your work doesn't light you up because so many people like that aren't entrepreneurs or self-employed, they just go to work and then they come home and like the money from their job is what fuels their life. And work isn't necessarily something that lights them up, but it's something that like puts money into the life that they want to live. So I say it's okay if that's all work is for you right now. Just, yeah, just ride the wave. And if something excites you, dive into it and don't be so hard on yourself. And also try to find joy outside of work. Don't force joy in your work. Like go for a hike. Try to, like, I'm thinking about the things I like to do. I was going to say knit something. (laughs) Essentially any granny activity I love. Uh, Pet your dog or find a dog to pet. Go to the dog park. Honestly, you'll meet the best people at dog parks. Um, but yeah, that that's my advice is to like find things that light you up outside of work. Yeah, that is it's so good. I think go to the dog park is the best advice I've ever heard for dealing with a hard time in your business. And I also want right? yeah, and I want to add like to anyone listening to that, that is so normal. I think people think if they go through that season where they're like, I'm not feeling fulfilled and like lit on fire by my business, you know, the way I was maybe when you first started. Just know that like that's normal. It will come back because eventually you will find something like a new project in your business. Maybe you need to kind of pivot in your offers or your target audience or whatever. You will find that joy and fulfillment again, but it's okay if it's not there like 24-7. Like Luann said, it's okay to let your business just be a job sometimes because there's so much more to your life than that. So yes. Yeah. Well said. And we forget that. We do. Yeah, Yeah. we do forget that. And I think as entrepreneurs, especially there's like this pressure that your business is your life. 
and, you know, that you should always feel, you know, joyful and excited to go to work every single morning. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like that every single morning, um, you know, let alone like years into business is not really sustainable to feel that way. So it's okay to let it be a job. Yeah, totally. And there's like this weird notion where people are calling their business their like brain baby. Yeah, their baby. Exactly. Like, um, I mean, not to knock anyone that says it, but like, that's so much pressure. You're like a baby. You're literally raising a human being and a business yeah. you can walk away from and you will still live your life and you will still be fine. So to try to call your business like a live human being that you're raising, it's just like, oh my gosh, take that pressure off yourself. Like, it's okay if it's just a job. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And But the great thing about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, if you don't feel that and that feeling lasts for like a significant period of time and you're like not coming out of it, you can always pivot. You can start a new business. You can completely change your offerings or your niche or whatever it is that's like not uh, lighting you up anymore. You can always pursue a new path. So there's there's that as well. You know, I think let go of some of the pressure and attachment we put on it would be much healthier for all of us. Yes, I totally agree. Okay, so I want to talk now about how our personal lives and sometimes like hard seasons in our personal lives can affect our business because I think that's something that doesn't get talked about quite as much. And it's not just impacting, you know, your work ethic and how you feel showing up to work, but also has a direct impact on how you do business and the revenue that you're bringing in. So Luann, you've been through this in your own business as well. What would you say to someone who's going through a hard time, you know, maybe with their family or their health or something on the personal side, and it's starting to impact their business? What would you want them to know? I'd say, well, there's a few different like components that come into it. The first thing is like, if you have the option to take time off, like, and you're financially stable enough, then like do it, take the time off. Um, things won't crumble while you're gone. Just take the time. And if you're in a position where you can't financially take that time off, then like I said before, do bare minimum, like try to just make ends meet. It might look like, like when my mom got sick, like literally um, I think it was like a month into, or less, like a few weeks into her being diagnosed. Um, I got an offer to work part-time as a contractor for a company in my town. And I was like, this literally couldn't come at better, like a better time. Like I need the consistent income and I need to like not freak out every time I don't have a project to work on. So if there's an opportunity that comes to make life easy, even if it doesn't necessarily fit like the entrepreneurship mold, just like go with it. It's about making your life easy and not about what it looks like to other people. Um, yeah. And it does have a direct impact on your revenue when you do go through these ebbs and flows. Like this year, um, I had my wedding and oh my gosh, like anyone that's had a wedding knows how stressful it is and like no one talks about it and I think there's like a certain person that's really cut out to be a bride and the stress maybe doesn't affect them I mean I think most people it doesn't I mean affect them as much as it affected me I might be um not speaking completely truthfully there I don't haven't talked to enough brides to know but I was not cut out to be a bride and I know that about myself and I knew that going into planning a wedding but um the stress of the wedding, literally, like, it caused an illness in me. I started to feel dizzy all the time for months, and it was super weird. I thought I was going to faint every time I left the house. Um, yeah, just, like, I needed help, like, walking around, getting to the bathroom and things like that. 
And it was super bizarre. And I didn't know what was wrong. Got a whole bunch of health tests done. And it turns out it was just the wedding. Like the wedding was crippling me. And it. Diagnosis, wedding stress. Literally. Yeah. It's like, and it's so frustrating to say out loud. It's like, the man, it's just a wedding. Why couldn't you just be like, oh my gosh, it's fine. It's just a day, blah, 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 blah. And like, rationally, I knew all that, but something was manifesting in my brain that was like, fight, flight or freeze. Like you are not okay here. And it was so bizarre because in the worst of it, the dizziness started in February and then March hit and March was literally the best month I've had in my business. But that's because I wasn't slowing down and I should have been. I was trying to make as much money as I could before my big day. And like, no, that should not have been my mindset at the time. I was literally dealing with huge health problems and I had to like, I remember just like sitting on the ground and doing a puzzle. And every time I needed to get up, like my husband would have to come help me. And I was still working so hard. And Zoom calls is something that really like made me feel dizzy. Like if you just think about the like visual component, looking at a screen and like movement, it made me feel dizzy. But I was bringing on so many clients and I just shouldn't have been. And in hindsight, I see that. And then we had the wedding, we had our honeymoon. And ever since, like, yeah, these few months they've been lower income for me but I have enjoyed them so much more um there's also like my husband just started working again he was in school until April of this year so I actually have the financial stability to take time off now which is really nice but yeah that was a freaking whirlwind and now I'm actually enjoying the time off and I don't feel dizzy right now so oh my gosh like if that is a win. Yes. It's a huge win. And if I had, if someone had just told me, like, if you're not feeling well, don't work. I mean, it would probably take a bit for that to sink in, but I wish I had just done that, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, hopefully someone listening to this needs to hear that. If you are not feeling well, just don't work. It is okay. Like you will figure it out. And, you know, like you said, there is that additional pressure. You were the breadwinner for, you know, you and your partner, you're planning this wedding. And first of all, I do not think you are the only bride who experiences that by any means. We put so much pressure on, especially brides leading up to a wedding. And there's so many different obligations, so many people, you know, giving you their opinions. So I think probably it's more common than you think, even if people aren't talking about it. But yeah, we just put so much pressure on ourselves. And I'm so glad that you found your way out of that. It's almost like, you know, you were you were working so much and these things were happening and you were like, I don't know, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. And eventually the universe was like, this girl's not getting the message. We're going to, we're going to send her some migraines and some dizziness and force her to stop. Um, so I'm curious, like now that you've got this diagnosis of, you know, the wedding is causing the stress and you're getting these migraines and you like physically can't work anymore. That's very different from just like not feeling up to work. Like you were physically unable. So what was that like? And then do you have any advice or thoughts for people that are dealing with like a more chronic health issue and there there's no like end date to it? Like, how are you managing that now? Yeah. Great question. I think, well, I'm, I know that I'm like in a privileged position where I don't need to be working as much as I used to be right now because I'm I'm not the breadwinner like for the past couple of months I haven't been um but the past two and a half years I was so yeah in my like very privileged position I I'm working less and it's been really nice and I know that if I was working more I probably wouldn't be feeling as good as I am right now um but there's things that I've cut out of my business that I never thought I would but essentially I 
I mean, it sounds so silly to say, but I'm trying to cut out things that are stressing me out. So things like live launching and um, Zoom calls where like there's a ton of people watching me. Anything like stage fright is a thing and it's something I get. And no matter how much practice I have, it does make me like nervous, of course. So I'm trying to like cut back on that kind of stuff because yes, exposure therapy is a thing, but not when it comes in at expense of your health. So cutting back on things that stress me out has been huge. Um, and then in terms of advice for anyone with a chronic illness, like I'm kind of at the beginning of my journey with this, but I think the biggest thing I could say is just to talk about it because I found so many resources and so much community in just talking about it. And it's been nice because I haven't been scared to share my journey online. It kind of feels like like I can't call in sick to a job, but I can tell my community like what I'm going through this day and like why I'm not working and that that should be okay. And it's just, yeah, it's just opened up this bigger conversation of people that have gone through the same thing or they're going through something different or they have a resource to share with me. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to talk about it. No one's gonna like get upset with you for not feeling well or for having a chronic illness. And if they do, oh my gosh, that person should not be in your life because that's so mean. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You only want people in your life who are going to be supported. And I think a lot of times it's almost, we're surprised when we share something like difficult that we're going through or that we're maybe like not working on what we said we we're going to work on. And whenever I share something like that, the same response, I'm always so like touched and pleasantly surprised that people are like, oh, like I've been through something similar. You know, I, I'm thinking of you. Here's a resource that helps. Like people want to help. No one is going to judge you for that. And if they do, like Luann said, you don't want those people in your life anyway. So I think that's great advice, especially to eliminate the aspects of your routine, your business that are stressing you out. So do you have any tips on like, I feel like we all get the advice, you know, how to reduce stress in your, your life or business. And it's so vague. And it's like, how do you actually put that into action aside from, you know, meditating and doing yoga for an hour every morning and like going for walks and all that, which of course is great. You know, you can manage that, but I love how you actually took action in your business. So how did you identify like what pieces of your business needed to go or change? Um, did you like implement any new systems to, you know, support you in making those changes or like, what was that kind of transition like? I'm kind of in the middle of it still, but I'll share what like I've done so far. So I, I bought a few different courses that support a strategy that I want to be carrying out moving forward. So like, it's almost like behind the scenes launching um, is something I'm like playing with now. And I was, oh my God, like literally talking, I was just about to say, but we were evacuated because of the wildfires in BC. It's just like, I promise my life isn't always like this. Like, um, I'm talking about like my mom had cancer and then like the wedding and I developed a chronic illness and like wildfires, but everything's fine. But that's like, that's life, you know, that's real. That is chaos. And we always are waiting for this time when things like calm down again. And we're like, oh, I just have to get out the other side of this one stressful thing in my life. And then like, sure enough, you know, something else happens. So I, I admire your ability to keep going through this all and continually adapt to the new challenges. I know it's been a, a wild year for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah, it has been a lot. And like, I don't want to say that any one of those things were small. They were all really big. So if anyone's going through any one of those things, just know I'm not discounting your your process or what you're going through. But yeah, it's been, it's been a, a lot within the past few years. 
So what I did was I tried to figure out what I was dreading. I was trying to like think about like what causes me stress. And in the in this year, there was like five months of the year where I kind of got to see like the dizziness and where it got worse versus where I felt better. Some of the triggers didn't make any sense. Like literally typing at my keyboard would set me into a migraine, which like there was something obviously happening subconsciously, but things like Zoom calls where I had to present, that was really hard for me. And I would get like dizzy and vertigo symptoms when those would start, like when I would start talking and trying to present to people live. So I just kind of tried to take note of what these triggers were. And something that a vestibular doctor suggested to me was to keep track of my symptoms on a day-to-day basis. So Essentially, I just like learn to, uh, and it sounds so silly, but learn to like cut out things that stress me out. And obviously I can't cut out everything. There's going to be things that stress me out no matter what. But the more I was able to cut out in my business that was stressing me out too much, able to make me cope better for things like regular stressors in my life. So yeah, cutting back on things that just like didn't feel good. And like I talked about at the beginning, just like not forcing myself to work a 40 hour work week. Cause at this point it's just not realistic. And if I want to feel good on a day-to-day basis, then I have to have a more efficient schedule, but that means less hours and I am living for it. Like I love the amount I'm working right now and I know it will be sustainable. It just takes me working at it and approaching each day as it comes and the revenue has come and will continue to come. And I just have to like keep on it. Yeah. Yeah. I love this new approach for you. I'm really excited to see where it goes. And yeah, I think there's something to be said for like, well, first of all, like you said, identifying where you are dreading things in your business, that's probably a red flag. If you sit down and do something and you're just filled with all consuming dread, maybe don't do that thing. Um, And then on the opposite side of thing, pay attention to what is lighting you up in your business, things that do energize you and fill your cup back up and outside of your business as well. Like if you are having a really good day, take a second to think like, was that because I was able to, you know, catch up with a friend Um, or was it something in your business? Like for me, I found I always felt more energized after getting off podcast interviews. And then that was how I identified like, oh, actually podcasting is something I really enjoy and having these conversations really fills me up. So just follow that thread of of joy and fulfillment. And then the things that you're dreading, I think a lot of times, like you said, we just put so much pressure on ourselves. There's things in our business that we think we have to do. Like we're like, I have to post on social media regularly. I have to do X, Y, and Z. I have to be on top of all these things. A lot of times those things aren't necessarily must. They're like, nice to have items. So I would say like, ask yourself, is this a thousand percent necessary? You know, are you actually going to be letting, you know, your clients down? Of course, it's something you don't want to do. Like think about the difference between the must-haves and the nice-to-haves would be my advice on that. Filing your taxes is necessary. Posting on social social media every week, not necessary. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so true. Yeah. Finding the things that light you up, follow them. And just, yeah, if you can eliminate stuff off your to-do list do it or like maybe it's like reducing the cadence in which you do something like nothing will blow up if you don't post on instagram you're gonna be fine trust me 
<laughs> the world will not end. Yeah, yeah trust Luann and I because we have both, you know, it's like ghosted our audiences for set periods of times and nothing happened. People are, you know, they're glad to see you come back and they're welcoming and understanding. And a lot of times, again, people would say, oh my God, I also like didn't feel up to posting. So it was really validating for me that to see you, you know, share that as well. And that kind of brings me to the next thing I want to ask you about, which is a lot of your, you know, marketing and messaging around ads is part of like letting go of that pressure to be so consistent, especially on social media, um, because it's such a, a short-lived platform. There's this pressure to like be posting, I said once a week, some people say every day uh, <laughs> or like multiple times a week, which is, I mean, I'm lucky if I get like one post out every two weeks, but the whole idea of consistency is so interesting in business because, you know, as business owners, we're just people and being a human is inherently inconsistent. Life is inherently inconsistent. So I know your, your feelings on this topic, Luann, but I'm curious, you know, if consistency isn't the answer, then what is like, how do we make the most of how we're feeling each day and how can we find strategies that work for us? Yes. Such a good question. I love the way you phrased all of that. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with what you said before, which is like following your joy. So if you wake up in the morning and uh, this is the way I work, it might not work for everybody. But if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I have something to share today, then follow the joy. And if you wake up in the morning and you feel like absolute crap and you don't want to shower and you don't want to show up on Instagram stories, then don't. It's all good. So that is like my my biggest thing is like you don't have to be consistent because consistency like you just said we are inherently inconsistent humans are not consistent and there's going to be things going on in our personal lives no matter how consistent business is but like yeah things in our personal lives that are just not consistent like you heard everything that happened to me within the past like year and a half like it's like none of that has been consistent aside from the fact that things keep happening and maybe that's what like the silver lining is you can always expect that there's going to be something in the future that's going to happen and it doesn't mean you can prepare for it but it means you can like have grace with yourself as you approach those things so follow your joy yeah and remove the things that you dread I mean it sounds so easy but it's so hard so harder to do in practice right yeah exactly but I think that if we all started doing that we would have a lot more happy people in the online space and probably a lot more honesty in the online space too yeah yeah that is so so good I love what you said there like the only consistency in life is that it will be inconsistent you know just learn to expect the unexpected there will always be some new challenge or surprise around the corner so we just kind of have to to work with it right and and go with the flow so Luann, I want to ask you, why are ads such a great strategy for overcoming that, you know, lack of consistency? And are there any other marketing strategies that can kind of help us overcome that barrier? Yes. Um, so ads, I mean, I'm hugely biased, but they're like the, the consistency that you don't need to be. And that's not even a bias. That's just facts. But Ads, essentially, once you set them up, they're running and they're consistent for you. It's like asking a bot to do all of the posting and find your audience for you. And it does it. And it's just so beautiful and simple. Once you get the hang of it, you just need to like piece together who you want to target, what you want to say and what you want to sell or give away and just like put it out into the world and then you can like literally sit back. You don't have to post on Instagram. You don't have to even have like social media. 
you just have to like watch the results come in. So all it takes essentially is, well, depending on like your um, knowledge with advertising, but it just takes like a certain amount of time to set up your campaign. It could take like an afternoon and you hit publish and then you're done. And if you have something to share that day, maybe it's creating an advertising campaign. And once that's done, then like literally just watch the results come in and maintain your campaign, of course. But it's just like the answer to so many people's problems. But so many people see ads as a scaling method and not a growth method when really it can be both or either one. So you can use ads to grow your email list, which is like what I specialize in and what I use my ads for. Or you can use ads to scale your business, which is essentially like try to get sales and everything on autopilot, which you can do in the growth phase as well. But yeah, ads is like, I don't know. I wish more people took advantage of it and were less scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that because there are so many like myths and misconceptions about ads. So I want to get into that, but yeah, automations are so key for business in general, whether you're going through like an easy season where everything's flowing or you're going through like a hard time and you need marketing that can run, you know, by itself, whether or not you show up that day, ads are such a crucial part of that. And I think the name of your program, Dream Audience on Autopilot, literally says it all. That's all you need to know. But yeah, so let's talk about the misconceptions around ads and who ads are for and when the right time is to get started with ads. So my question here is like, what is one thing you wish people would stop doing or saying about running ads? Ooh, uh, well, the first thing that came to my mind is boosting a post is not running an ad. And I'm sorry if that ruffles some feathers, but um, (laughs) running an ad is like using, like literally going on your desktop computer, going to business.facebook.com, going to ads manager and putting together an ad campaign. Boosting a post on Instagram or Facebook is like essentially just paying Meta to expand the reach of that post. And While that might be beneficial in some circumstances, in the vast majority of circumstances where our goal is primarily in revenue or getting some sort of conversion, it's boosting a post isn't going to get you there. In my experience, like I'm sure there's the odd case where that isn't true, but honestly, like if you want bang for your buck, run an ad campaign. But yeah, the other big misconception is that you need to have a specific set of criteria in order to run ads. And that is just not true. Literally, you are ready to run ads if you want to be seen and you have a message that's worth sharing. And that's it. Like you don't need to be on Instagram for any certain amount of time or have a certain amount of followers or be making X amount in your business. Like if you have $50 and you want to grow, you're ready to run ads. That's it. Like it's super simple. Yeah. Yeah. There's virtually like, it's a very low barrier to entry. It's not nothing. Obviously you do have to put some money behind it, but it's a lot lower than people think. And I was talking about this yesterday on our conversation with Geneva. She's a PR expert and she was talking about, you know, how we also think there's this barrier to entry to getting major uh, media features and publications. And it just doesn't exist. It's become like this kind of false narrative that I don't know where it comes from, but it continues to, you know, make the rounds on on social media, people saying like, you have to pay to play and that ads cost thousands and thousands. And you shouldn't do it until you're making, 
you know, seven figures in your business. And it's just straight up not true. So you, you heard it here first from Luann people. Um, so if someone is listening to this and they're curious about learning ads, um, they maybe want to DIY before, you know, working with a strategist, where should someone start? I mean, send me a message. <laughs> um, <laughs> Great. I love it. Yes. Is it shameless self-promotion? Actually, why don't you tell everyone about your, your mini course land? Cause I think that's a fantastic option for the, the DIYer. Yeah, definitely. So I have like programs um, where I have like different, it's almost like different tiers of um, expertise in ads. So like the beginning level, I would say like, you can definitely download my freebie and like, obviously like it's free, like there's going to be nothing bad that happens from downloading that. But I also just created a mini course that's based off of my three masterclasses. Uh, the masterclasses are Facebook ads made easy, three secrets to run running low cost ads and master your Facebook ad strategy. And essentially the mini course is like everything you need to piece together a strategy that's going to be sustainable, low cost and easy for you to implement. While it doesn't dive into like the back end of Facebook ads manager, it gives you everything that you need to be ready to dive into the back end. But yes, I'm giving your listeners $20 off. So it'll bring the cost down of the mini course to $47 uh, with the code blaze. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for this. You are so generous and I'm super excited for everyone to check out this mini course because Luann, if you don't know her, she is someone who always, always over delivers in value. And if you are even remotely curious about Facebook ads or just like learning more about them, this is such a great way to just get started and like dip your toe into the water. It's such an accessible price point. I mean, $47, like, and then, you know, paying for your first campaign on top of that is like, you know, less than a hundred dollars. You could be running your first ads campaign on your own and getting started. And there's really like no harm in trying, right? Like you can try to see how it goes and see if it's a strategy that's going to work for you. Because I think a lot of people will be pleasantly surprised by the results they get if they're using your methods. I've seen your students and the incredible success they've had. So I'm super excited. And I'll link to that in the show notes for everyone so they can find that. It sounds good. And thank you. That's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you are so welcome. I never, you know, I never know anything. I don't believe it. And let me tell you, Luann is the real deal. So check her out. Link in the show notes. And that brings me to our bonus round. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. I mean, I'm not, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. There's no wrong answers. So as you know, our email community is called the Savor and Celebrate newsletter. So Luann, what is something you are savoring right now? Okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind is my Earl Grey tea in the morning. That's something yes. I savor every single day. I, yeah, I love Earl Grey tea. I love it. I love tea too. Tea sugar too. Um, what is your favorite way to celebrate? I think this is something I need to work on, to be honest. My favorite way to celebrate. Honestly, um, after my launch in January, my partner, he took me out for pizza and drinks, uh, like in the middle of the day. And that was, that was really fun. So I would say that was a really good way to celebrate. And I should implement more spontaneous things like that when I get good news for my business. Oh my gosh. I, I remember that. Did you guys also take a hot tub? I forgot your boxer message. I was like, what are you doing to celebrate the, the launch success? And you were like, we're drinking in the hot tub. That's right. Yeah. We went and got pizza, pizza, gin and tonics, and then came home and had more drinks in the hot tub. That sounds like an awesome night. Yes. Definitely more of that. More d and in the hot tub. Uh, okay. And then what is a win that you've celebrated recently? It can be big or small business or personal. 
a win. I think that a win right now is just like the the space that I'm giving myself. I think that that's my biggest win. I'm like, I went to therapy yesterday and we talked about work and how I'm putting too much pressure on myself to get results when I don't necessarily feel the drive to do the things necessary to get the results. But I like drafted a new routine and I think I'm just like in this uh, phase of giving myself grace because that's what I need right now. And I don't need to be tied to a monetary result. I want to be tied to the result of like making connections, I think. And I think that's a win, that realization. Yeah. That is, that is so, so good. What a perfect note to end on. Luann, thank you so much. Tell everyone the same where they can find you online, where the best place to connect with you is. Yes. Instagram. Uh, we're all on it way too much. So my <laughs> Instagram username is Luann Jardine. And yeah, feel free to send me a DM. I'm happy to chat anything about ads. Like if you have any questions or you just want someone to talk to or if you're going through any of the numerous things that I mentioned in this episode I am I'm here for you and I'm ready to hold space yeah I will I'll include all the links in the show notes so people can find you and come and say hi after the episode but Luann this has been so wonderful thank you so much for joining me today for sharing your story and being real with us yeah of course thank you so much for having me this has been a lovely start to my day Hey Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.